Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? And good morning. Yes, indeed, there is a war, a desperate war going on for the minds and the hearts and the souls of every human being on the planet Earth. And so, Father God, we thank you today that you are victorious, that you know us, that we are not lost to you, and that you seek us, you seek and to, to save that which is lost. Lord God, that people will be willing, that our hearts will be touched, that we'll be softened, that we'll come back into the, po- the power and under the, con- uh, the conversion of the true gospel of Jesus Christ the gospel of the kingdom. And so today we ask for wisdom. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear. May our people's hearts not be distracted. May they not be interrupted or disrupted. May they be brought into the fullness of a blessing and place of peace with you, Lord God. We pray this blessing, divine protection, that no weapon formed against us or our nation will prosper, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the sake of the souls, for the sake of the innocent, Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name and for your mercy. Amen. Amen. Hey, today we have a very interesting topic, um, the missing gospel. What has become of the original gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom? Well, the kingdom, what about the kingdom? The kingdom was first mentioned or brought back to our attention um, by John the Baptist when he started his ministry. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that Back in the day, think about this. John the Baptist said it. Jesus also said it in, in Mark. He says um, almost the same thing. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Um, so there was a, a call, a warning, a call, an invitation to come, come out from where they'd been. And the people did. They came out from the the cities into the deserts to look at this strange phenomenon john the baptist dressed up like uh you know in the latest fashion of the prophets yeah, right right uh, camel's <laughs> leather belt and camel's hair and he ate grasshoppers yeah, and yeah wild dipped honey. in chocolate of course oh, no, i would yeah, imagine not mr gq out there yeah and, and he he comes to he said you know another place what says, a representative for the well, gospel of yeah. god the kingdom of god yeah. having a big you know i'm sorry but i could just see his hair i just matted with twigs and bushes and you know dirt on his face and well, well, grime he, under his fingernails he was he was bringing in something new i mean he was he was jesus said he was the greatest he says there's nobody greater born of uh, a <laughs> mother's womb than john the baptist uh, but, but, but yet he does least in the kingdom of god is greater than he but you contrast john the baptist jerry you contrast this unshaven burly uh, dirty Unbathed man with the Pharisees, with the with the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, oh. the temple where everything was gold and perfect and and linen and refined and in order, and you have such amazing contrast. You can hardly believe that God would send somebody like John, the exact opposite of anything that was believed to be religious and holy, to 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 speak up and say the kingdom of heaven is is um, oh, at hand. Well, Jesus came to bust it up. There there was such a <laughs> wrong. Up, People were bu- busy. Uh, building their own little religious kingdoms 
and uh, and, and doing everything so, so self-assured, so right, yeah. so self-assured, so yeah. confident, so uh, uh, elaborate and, and, and legalistic, the, you know, right. burdensome, uh, grievous, uh, un- unapproachable. Going by outward appearance. Uh, rather than than and, heart, and 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 going forward on the praises and the acclaims of men. So we have John the Baptist, who is just like, I mean, you know, you'd think of him as somebody who lived in the ba- in the back alley of some forsaken little lonely dark street, but here he is in the desert, and he's breaking all the he's, he's by his very appearance, by his very, you know, word, he is breaking all the all the, the myths and the paradigms and all the, uh, the, the protocol of religious, of, of the religious establishment. And he called people to repentance. There was a baptism of repentance that uh, he yeah. called people to, and he called people to the kingdom of God. Now yeah. the kingdom of God, God, of course, by definition, he, he's the creator of everything. Uh, there's no such thing as evolution. He is the creator of everything. He is the ruler of the, the of the universe. Even though temporarily Satan is the prince and the ruler of this world, mm-hmm. but when you go back to the principle of the kingdom of God, was really it's really all through the Bible. It's like who's in charge here, who's really in mm-hmm. charge of this world, and who should we look to as the one who is in charge? Uh, Psalm one forty five verse thirteen. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and mm-hmm. thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. What a statement. Amen. No, so he is the king. He is the king. He's the creator. He's the king. He's the sustainer of everything. The general way, God is ruler. He is sovereign over everything. Satan is operating in this rebel kingdom right now, and his Basically, mm-hmm. Rebel Kingdom headquarters is at the moment. Right, and it is Rebel Kingdom fusion, and I and I really believe that most of us we have been swept up into these look-alike counterfeit expressions of false piety and 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 religion, and an attempt to please God, and using the fear of God actually against uh, promoting the love of God. So it's used law and works and sin and pen and guilt and and to corral people into a false uh, serving of God under the house of fear rather than God's love. At the time Jesus came, the intention uh, of people and for his worship and for people to know him, following him, it was unrecognizable. There was a system, system that yeah. made God recognizable. Well, it also made God manageable. We have many churches that you do the list, you check it off, you did this, did this, 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 and now God should be off my back for another seven days. So they were doing the list, going through the sacrifices, lighting candles, and that was what God had prescribed. We're not knocking that, but at this juncture where John the Baptist comes in saying the, the gospel is now the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the gospel of Jesus Christ which Jesus then elaborates on the game. This was the time of transition. This was a turning point. This was where a new, uh, we call them dispensations, the word, who knows, a new, a, a change of order was coming. The old religious standards that God had given the law 
and the prescriptions for righteousness that were given to, to the Jews, the, the, his people, he changed out for righteousness that came through the death, the sacrifice, the cross, the bloodshed of the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ. So the continuation of, of sacrificial lambs on and on and on was not going to be necessary. And it's interesting how that, that all discontinued even at the destruction of the temple seven years after Jesus John the Baptist was the groundbreaker. He was the, the forerunner. Can you imagine that? He prepared the way. He was like, they had a guy uh, years ago when a, a official would come through. There was a guy that would go ahead and announce, right. here came he's coming. And they would take away, if there were things in the road, if there were obstacles in the road, uh, sheep or goats in the road, in the way, they would clear the way. And, and that was the role of the Baptist. And then Jesus came bringing the same message. So he was like the breaker. It, it becomes a, a, a guard in football, a guard that pulls and opens up the hole, goes and the running back comes behind. This is where Jesus, the, the, main, the main thing was the running back. But the, the guard goes ahead and makes the way. So what, what Jesus said, in uh, in John chapter Mark chapter fifteen, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and the gospel. So and he and he goes on to say this another way of expressing it too. Matthew four seventeen. From that time, uh, Jesus began to preach to say, "Repent, for the kingdom of God, or we could use the kingdom of God is at hand. It's it's right there." And really, on the original meaning of this, the kingdom of God is at hand. If you take the literal Greek uh, word there, name of grace, uh-huh. it's here. right, it's it right there. Here, here it mm-hmm. is, right now. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, most of the people, it was in their face, but they missed it. Right. It's like people. Well, even today, the voice of one crying in the wilderness is lost in the confusion of the counterfeits. You know how many people are trapped in actually what they think is the right thing, but it's really a fun ho- house of horror. You know, we're you know instead of being in the gospel of the kingdom, we're we're you know, meditating and operating and giving ourselves to a, a house that's filled with mirrors and mirages and false hopes and empty promises. Now this could be in or outside of the, the, um, the, the churches that we uh, fill uh, or, or don't fill on Sunday mornings. Uh, but the people continue to be within controlled, ground up, confused and pitted against each other. The, you know, it's like the real enemy of the kingdom, the real enemy of God is so, um, becomes so evasive, so, uh, so that he does not exist, that there's no such thing as spiritual warfare. But we are all controlled by the powers that be, whatever those powers are, like a puppet master. And he can, he pulls the strings of our life and makes things go bad. He sings, he dances, writes scripts, and we're compelled to act them out. But it's really the spirit of fear. It's a spirit of, of, of rebellion against God. And this spirit is actually being poured out in our land, in our in the midst of it now, uh, as he is righteous and prospering the wicked. And we and, and we are tempted to become angered angered uh, and, and involved in injustices and in fact we activated and anointed kingdom of God is at hand. 
and let the kingdom of God take care of itself. It will. We pro- we proclaim it. And so the is a waste of energy. Take the anointing to declare the truth, to declare the acts of God doing Jesus did, to make the point or make the people do the right thing. So it's our, it's it's really it's really uh, the kingdom of God being at hand and the counterfeit gospels. It's really a call to um, uh, strength and to being able to wait for God to act. Wait upon Him. Let Him hold onto us that He will be able to fulfill His promises. There are many promises He's made to us in these last days that He's faithful. Uh, even if we falter. And so, but before God can be faithful and we can stand, we have to know the truth. And that means being part of the true gospel of Jesus. Um, he knows. Jesus knows. And this should be a, a comfort to us. When everything else is out of control and we desperately need the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that J- Jesus knows, absolutely knows our situation. He knows where we are, how we got there how we got set up, how we've been used, how we've been lied to, how we've been programmed, how we've been caught, and how we are continuing to be caught in this cycle of futility and endless uh, destruction. Jesus knows, and as he knows that, he is our only hope. He's our only escape. Well, certainly our, our, our hope is not in our politicians, as we're broadcasting today. Um, you know, it's Election Day. In, in the United States, and it's yeah. the most despicable uh, uh, campaign election lies, innuendo, perversion, demonic uh, garbage that has just it's just, it's a swill, uh, it's a swill of evil, yeah. and and there's a swill of evil surrounding this. There's a swill of evil in the nations of the world, and uh, so so. The kingdom of God is certainly in contrast to that and operates in the midst of that. In the midst of the violence. And Jesus said, you know, in Matthew eleven twelve, well, the, 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 in the days of John the Baptist, you know, he was in the midst of violence, too. And actually, he suffered a very violent death <clears throat> at the hand of the ones who hated the truth. His own head was cut off. And, and it says the violent take it by the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And that might mean that we simply are able to stand against the violence, that we aren't pacifists, but at the same time, we are, we are not protesters of the things of this world. The things of this world are not our, it's not our world. We are of the kingdom of God, of the kingdom of heaven. We have the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the captain of the host. And so we have to remember that we're not, you know, ignoring, we're not going to encourage you not to vote. We're not going to encourage you not to participate in this world, but we're saying in this world, we are the light of this world. We are the salt. We are the, we are the, the bearers, the bringers of good news in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of reconciliation, the gospel of love and peace and forgiveness and mercy and truth to believe with where he switched the meanings of the words. He switched the meanings of the word grace and mercy and forgiveness to, to promote actually tolerance and injustice and acceptance of evil. And he doesn't, the true definition of love as the Lord God gives it in the Bible, is one who's willing to lay down his life for his enemy or his friend, to lay down his life, to suffer. Love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, suffers all things. It suffers because it must, it must prevail in the midst of fear, in the midst of great injustices, and, in the, in the, and it must forgive uh, in, the, in the midst of horrific, horrific injustices that 
that one is suffering to continue to forgive and release the judgment to God. This is not, not for a coward. This is not the gospel. The kingdom is not for cowards. It's for those who are willing to lay down their life for Jesus Christ and the truth. And this kingdom operates, you know, separately from, but yet in the midst of, and in opposition to the values of this, this world. And John writes in first John five nineteen, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And Paul writes about that he would deliver us from this uh, evil, wicked age. And so there is absolutely no hope. I mean, it, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to look on the Internet very long or listen to any talk show host very, yeah. uh, very long to know that there is no hope. There is no hope in the evil, in unjust, perverted, demonic swill of this present world. Mm-hmm. The only hope that we have is in the kingdom of God. But that is coming. That is coming, yeah. but mm-hmm. that it, it's, it's here, but it's, we're to pray in Matthew 6.10, in, in the, the prayer the Lord gave his disciples to pray, uh, known as you know, the Lord's Prayer, but it's actually the disciples' prayer. He said, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. And and the force of the original language in that one is means it's it's an insistent thing that when we pray it's not uh, your kingdom come your will be done it's not a now lay me down to sleep kind of prayer it's it's kingdom of God come will of God be done mm-hmm. it's an insistent uh, declaration language, a, a cry mm-hmm. and this is this is what we're all about and this is how it happens mm-hmm. uh, Marjorie through through the gospel through the bringing of the true gospel, this yes. the gospel, it's the gospel of the kingdom, That's the right. gospel. You can't separate, you know, the gospel from the kingdom. It's the gospel of the kingdom, the good news mm-hmm. of the kingdom. When the, the two, the two words of kingdom, it's king and dumb. Okay. And dumb, dumb would be short dominion. for dominion. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the king would be a ruler. So there's a ruler. There is a dominion. There is, there is a, a uh, a, a whole a realm mm-hmm. of, of of truth and righteousness that is uh, called the kingdom of God. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God, and the the good news and the in John heralding the, the the coming of the Messiah, the first coming, which they basically missed because they didn't know what they were exactly looking for, was the initiation of that kingdom, the introduction of that kingdom. The, the uh, Jesus Christ coming to drive that stake of the cross in the ground and declaring thy kingdom come, O God, thy will be done. And he came to rescue. He came to seek and save that which is lost. He actually came on a rescue mission, uh, the greatest of all ever. But now he's coming again to, to wrap up that kingdom to, uh, and he's coming as the righteous judge. He's coming back things new and, de- and deliver us from the, the God of this world, which is Satan. And when, when John came the first time, the people, they did not know what they were looking for exactly or how the Messiah would come. It had been many, many thousands of years. So they had pretty much lost hope and, and gave up looking for anything that it, it was lost. It was missing. They didn't know how it would come. They just, they, they were living and content to live in the constant forever. He is coming. The Messiah is coming. They didn't even look for the actual time and believe that there was a time when he would actually come. And the same with us. We've got into this this complacent state of 
of just uh, uh, being, uh, existing, doing things, and our lives are meaningless and purposeless and full of pain because we do not look for the, the blessed hope. And many churches don't talk about the blessed hope because they don't need a blessed hope because they've got all the things they want right now. Um, but so uh, the, the people were lost in the beginning. And in in when, when John came talking about the king, they missed it. Um, the, the, they missed the presence, the initial uh, dissension of the son of God to the earth because they were preoccupied with ideas of what that would look like uh, and the religious professions and proficiencies, they didn't need, really need much of anything. Um, that is no different than today. Uh, we are, uh, you know, but the things that we do today, the parameters of our religious exercises really uh, have bound us, put burdens upon us, and are an offense to God because they do not do what God, God's heart wants to have done. God wants us to be set free. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to know the truth. He wants us to have hope. He wants us to walk in, the, in, in grace and power and all of these things. His people are just being crushed because we don't have the fruits. We don't have the, the power of the true gospel of Jesus Christ for the most part. What you said earlier, Marjorie, is that gospel yeah, the kingdom of God, Jesus, the, the announcement of John the Baptist, the announcement of Jesus, the right. kingdom of God is at hand. It's right here. It's in your face. What is the value of that? The power of that, the big part of the purpose of that is to, deli- you said, deliverance from the God of this world, mm-hmm. who is Satan. Now, a lot of most people do not think, oh, man, I need I need to be set free from the power of Satan in my life. Right. That, that it's it's a total. They don't. Yeah. They it's don't. It's a total foreign concept. Yeah. And because uh, now here here's what God is wanting to do, but you can elaborate on that in just just a minute. But uh, in Colossians one thirteen, uh, in the Amplified Bible, it says uh, he's writing to believers. He says the Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and dominion of darkness. And has transferred into the uh, transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Yeah, and and well, so in whom we all we have our redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of sins. So there's a transfer, or in, in King James it says we're translated. So we're transferred from a one kingdom to another through believing the gospel Mm -hmm. that in the sense then that sets us free from the dominion of Mm -hmm. the god of this world that's exactly right but for most people again we're missing it because we don't know what we're looking for and we don't know what the the real uh, issues are that are at hand we've been schmoozed into believing lies and so the you know we've been sedated we've been deceived we've been hoodwinked we've been we've been taught we've been immersed uh, we've been uh, tainted with the false concepts of, of our religious leaders and teachers. Um, uh, but look at it this way. If you don't recognize, and, and seriously, this is where the first problem of deliverance begins or translating into the kingdom of God's dear son. The first problem is that people don't see any need for it. They don't see a need personally. They don't see any way it's going to work. They don't even believe it exists. It's no big deal. And they walk right past the very hope of eternal life. Uh, because 
the, you know, but it, it, the, the artificial, look at it this way. Look at what you're going to. I'm talking to people who call themselves Christians now. I'm not talking about the people who have given up on Christianity and turned towards paganism or turned towards atheism or agnosticism or, or, or worldliness. They, they've, they've been discouraged. They probably came and took a look and didn't see what they needed to see and couldn't see any dis- difference between what we were offering them as church and what they already had in their own strength. So they walked away and they said, this is too hard. I can't do this. I can't be this perfect. I can't whatever. And so they have already made a a decision, a bad decision, but nonetheless, to walk away from. But in some ways, they're not wrong. They have walked away from a counterfeit. They've walked away from our religious Christianity um, that we we practice, where we practice these artificial, with these rules, elaborate rules and commandments and policies and boards and corporations. that are mentally assaulting the guilt, the, the guiltless and an offense against the real gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said something so profound in Matthew 12. He said, and he was talking to the religious leaders when he said it, he said, um, you know, they were scolding him actually as he had, he had now launched his, his, uh, his uh, beachhead uh, around Galilee and, and Israel at the time. And he, his disciples were going to church that, that day, that Sabbath day. He was with them. They were on their way to church, so to speak. And they were walking through the grain fields and, and, and you know, running their fingers through the, the ripened grain. And, of course, probably gathering a few little grain heads of wheat or corn or whatever it was that they were slipping into their hands. And they were just chewing them. They were eating. And when he got there, the, the Pharisees confronted him saying, you know, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath. What were they doing? They were working. That was one of the artificial rules, not God, not a God-made commandment, but one that had been added, tacked on to uh, make even the, the commandments even more oppressive and more easily broken. And so they were judging and, and upset. And Jesus then came back with a pretty astonishing retort. He said, you know what happened? When David went into the temple and ate the showbread, it wasn't lawful for him to eat that showbread, neither the guys that were with him. And how that the law, you know, permits the priests on the Sabbath to do lots of work, like butchering all those animals. He says, and they're, they're blameless. And, and David didn't drop dead, so to speak. He says, but he says, I, he says, I, he says, in this place, in this temple that you so um, worship, that there is one greater than this temple. And then he said, this is what he said. This was profound. This was where actually the grace of God, the rubber of the grace of God, the true meaning of the gospel hit the road, hits the road. He says, but if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. He said, you would have not picked on the guiltless, my disciples, for doing what they did. If you had really realized that what I require what I desire is mercy and forgiveness. Not only that I give it to you, but you give it to one another. And not all of this, this, these works and, and rituals and, 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 and uh, sacrifices. He says, if you really understood what the true gospel is, it's built on forgiveness and mercy and grace and pardon because you need grace. Why do you need grace? Because there is an enemy. Not because, you know, I'm going to give you permission now to do everything you want to do because you couldn't keep my law anyway, so I'm just giving up on you. No, I'm giving you grace because you absolutely cannot live without it. And so here we are. Satan has built a gospel uh, using the precepts from the word of God, taking scriptures, taking concepts, taking words from God's own word to use against him. 
like the law. He, Satan's gospel always contains, if you're in a church where you're trying to figure out if it's the right gospel or not, your gospel, your church will always promote some form of law or uh, programs. Self-help. Yeah, self-improvement. Self-improvement, uh, yes. Willpower, um, self-directed uh, sanctification. It's up to you. It's your fault. Uh, take your responsibility. It will always promote some sort of, of, of law. It will always have a, a, a embrace, grip, hold on to the concept of sin, and it will promote guilt in the people. Now, guilt is deadly because if you feel guilty, you'll feel that you cannot receive or are not worthy of the love of God because you, you broke the law, you weren't perfect, you didn't do all the commandments, you didn't keep the programs, you didn't work the program, you didn't stay sober, whatever. So it estranges you from the one thing that you most desperately need, and that is God. But the, the churches that are presenting a false gospel will not surrender to God. They will pr- truly not promote forgiveness and humility. They will promote arrogance, self-righteousness, and, and a strife, really. And so the, look at Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. Many people are looking to their shepherds to be shepherds, and their shepherds are hireling. They're, 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 they're for hire. They, they, are, they, they do this for wages. They don't do this because, of, you know, because they're a shepherd. They do this because it's lucrative or it's a fine, it's a job or whatever. We're not, I'm not picking on pastors. You know, we are pastors. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that there's the, the shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, and the fruit. He says, by their fruits, you shall know them. He says, the wolves will come in sheep's clothing. And I'm saying this to you in every urgency that there is a line, even this day, being drawn that has been drawn in the sand and now it's being carved in stone. And there, will, there, there are two sides. There's, you're going to be on one side or the other of this line. Today, mark my words from this day forward, as we sit to choose our world leaders here today, that there will be out of this an outcome that will force people to choose one side or the other. And you cannot stay in, Jesus said, the word says, uh, Corinthians says, come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. He's talking to people who are participating in religious practices. He's saying, get out. You say, well, uh, you know, I need somebody to teach me. Really? It says the anointing is in you. John says, you have the authority. The anointing is in you. You can learn it yourself. You can read. If you can read and you can read the Bible, you can read the Gospels of Jesus Christ, study Jesus Christ, lest you be deceived. Study what he did, what he said, how he said it, who he said it to, what he did, how he responded, what was his motive, how did he act. Just study Jesus and you will not be deceived. If you don't study Jesus, more than likely you will run into a lot of false Christ. And they're all going to be condemning. They're all going to be judging you. They're all going to be mad at you for some reason. You know, the, the word says we will sin. Even after you're saved, you will sin. A lot of churches nowadays, they want to look so nice on the surface that if there's a real problem, if there's a real person with a, with a, a real tormenting spirit, a, a, an addiction, a craving, a, a broken home, they will push you out of the church. They will push you into some back room if they indeed attend you at all. They will not, for the most part, address these kinds of critical issues from the pulpit. They will address the nice things. They will address address the the latest, newest party or club activity or whatever they're going to be doing. But they will not really, truly dig into the lie and help you get set free, help your family be healed. That's that's too busy, messy for them. And, and a lot of you know pastors have no clue as to how to do that. Because they've been taught because you know, they live in fear to to speak and and how to keep 
keep the keep the machinery going. Yeah. And and uh, like you said, a lot of people churches are motivated. They're motivated by guilt and you know, self effort. You better and self effort. Yeah. You know, you, you need to improve this. You need to work on this. You need and then you need and to, then, you need and then to, you need to. to give. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't give to the building program, mm-hmm. you know, you, you really should. And if you don't serve as a Sunday school teacher, it's guilted, 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 right. guilted rather than graced. Grace is like it's not what you have to do, you want, and to you do. get to do mm-hmm. freely because God has changed your heart, yeah. your attitude, and so we're we're not just looking for, in a lot of places are just you know looking for people cogs in the wheel to run the the programs machinery. that really mm-hmm. the machinery that mm-hmm. in many ways has uh, nothing to do with this gospel the, of of the kingdom of God. But going back to John the Baptist, going back to Jesus, going back to the hardcore boots on the ground kind of revolutionary gospel that God was bringing the gospel of the kingdom, which was a gospel of completion. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus fulfilled the law. He satisfied the debt. He paid it in full. There was nothing else that needed to be done. It was all completed. It was all finished. It was, it was accepted by God. And now we come with our false counterfeit gospels to add to the cross, our works, our good works, our striving, our our good deeds. And that becomes, you're saying to God, you know, Jesus, your death on the cross was not quite enough. And, and so I'm going to add to it, which becomes an, actually an insult to the Son of God dying on the cross saying it wasn't enough. And when you, if you would expect God the Father to accept our new fangled counterfeit, uh, what do you call it, hybrid gospel, mixing law with grace, if you expect God to accept that, then you will also expect God to reject his own son's sacrifice because you are getting wanting God to say, yeah, let me add to that. Let me add my works, my liturgy, my rituals, my, my dictates. And really, seriously, people, most of the churches you're going in are based on fear and control, spiritual abuse and, and, and more control. People are insecure. They're doing what they're told. You have a mind. You're going to have to use it. Nobody is going to get to stand before God someday and say, well, you know, let Joe, Joe blow in because, you know, he, he didn't have a mind. You have to answer to God. Everyone will have to give an answer to God. It is time for you to take responsibility, if you want to use that word, for your own soul. Instead of letting everybody else pat you on the back and tell you which way to go when they're simply lying to you, when they simply don't know themselves, when they simply make, their, make it look good, make it sound like they know what they're talking about. But in your heart of hearts, in your spirit, you know, you know, it's not true. God's gospel is the gospel of pardon and rescue of the lost, recovery of that which has been stolen, destroyed by, and destroyed by Satan. The gospel of grace is a gospel of good news. Good news. The angels brought it. They heralded it. Good news. Peace on earth. Good news towards, you know, give. He's, God is giving us the good news of reconciliation. There is now a way made. I've made a way for you to come back to me, to know me personally, for, for you to live in my power, my grace, to impart my Holy Spirit to you directly. Um, but that gospel is rarely preached, I believe. Um, and it's very, very poorly understood. Because we, have to, we try to fit the true gospel into the context of the false gospel. You know, well, what about sin? What about sinful human nature? What about this? What about that? What about being good? Jesus never said, guys, I'm going go, to go to heaven now. And there's one more thing you need to know, and that is you've got to be good to get to heaven. We're not advocating wickedness. 
But if you abide in the vine and Jesus Christ is the vine, you think you're going to bring forth bad fruit. You think you're going to be wicked. The works are called fruit in the new gospel, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as you abide in Jesus Christ, his life, his, his strength, his nurturing, sustaining, anointing, Holy Spirit power sustains us. And we will bring forth the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy. And it's not a struggle. It's not striving. It's not something we do or try to do or add to our collection of things we do, good deeds. It is Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit working in us. So then it is really becomes to live as Christ. And that it comes in him, I live and move and have my being. Yeah, it's, the life, it's the transformation. Right. It's the transformation. It's the life of Jesus being outworked in us. That's right. And so and it's, it's not a matter of, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we try to do all this self-improvement stuff. Now, part of discipleship is learning and growing. Uh, Paul says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's a growing, there's a teaching there's a training. Uh, Paul said uh, to Timothy, he says, we've given, uh, the word of God has given you to train you in righteousness. So there's a mm-hmm. training. It's not a matter of, uh, of self-improvement. Oh, I got to do this and this and this now. But there's part of, there's, there's training, there's teaching. And there's a, you know, a, a difference between trying to make ourselves good and just growing in what God has for us. Uh, to be more effective as as his uh, his disciples, but I just think of um, Paul said um, in First Corinthians fifteen nine and ten, for I am uh, the least of the apostles, and I am not meet or worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Okay, he was we talked about violence earlier. He was part of the violence that was going at uh, after the church. He says, but. Verse 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me, and it was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was within me. So he wasn't working for his salvation. He mm-hmm. was, there was, he said, um, uh, work out your own salvation with fear and troubling. In other words, let it work. He's not working to be, to be saved. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the result of the grace of God working in him that brought him to an abundance and a fruitfulness uh, in, in the kingdom of God as he shared the gospel yes. everywhere. And could. the second part of that verse is for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his yes. good pleasure. So it's a complete balance. Now, you know, we're talking here about the gospel of Jesus Christ being hijacked in this American society, especially. I'm going to go back for a minute to kind of some of the ways that the covert operations of Satan have hijacked the gospel. Um, for, for example, the enemy uses the scripture. He has, he's used word, the passages from the Bible, scripture texts against God, against God's people, to beat up the people of God, to, to, to paint a false picture of God's character. Um, and the sacred words that we have learned to look for and recognize from our pulpits um, as part of the gospel of God, he has redefined those words to mean other things. For example, love in our, from our pulpits and from our political systems now are redefined to mean tolerance of evil instead of a willingness to lay down our lives for one another. Grace, you know, grace without a reason for grace becomes only a promotion of license to sin. Really, we need grace. Grace is absolutely essential because God knows how horrific and horrible and, and out 
outnumbered, outsmarted we are down here. He, he, he must give us grace and we must receive it. Grace now means, however, whatever you want it to mean. Salvation has become complicated. You know, the concept of, you know, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord be saved has become complicated by the devil. Everything the devil does is not simple. It's very complicated. It's very, very intricate. It's very involved. It's very, you know, suspect to any kind of add-ons and cling-ons. So the, the concept of simple salvation is obsolete. And, and we've become, we have actually become convinced that our own devices, our own brilliance, our own methods for securing immortality and eternal life will save us. But where will that eternal life be spent? I mean, if, if you believe in singularity, immortality, cloning, uh, you know, um, transhumanism, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to say, it, what has really happened is the gospel of Jesus Christ has been um, replaced by a lookalike. And many people have not been able to feel good or, you know, feel that peace because the gospel lookalikes can't give you that peace. That their their concept of the gospel. I meet people all the time that have gotten some concept of the gospel that it's got gotten to them. Most of the time, it's very distorted. That's come from their church upbringing, and they've basically, you know, rejected that. You know, it's like most people, uh, even sitting in churches week after week, Sunday after Sunday, have no concept mm-hmm. of 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 the gospel. Of, of the Jesus spiritual. Christ. Even though, they, even though they talk about the gospel, they talk about the good news, talk, even yeah. talk about the kingdom of God. Yeah. But most people have no concept. In it. If you, again, if, if you take a look at what's going on in your church right now, and you take a look at the gospels, you take a look at the epistles, and see how the church is to be, how grace is to operate, it, it's like most of the time it's just they're not even in the same realm. Well, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're right. The people are naive about the treachery that surrounds the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think it was very clearly pointed out by the Lord himself when he told us the parable of the sower, uh, the, the wheat and the tares, how the sower went out to sow in, in his field, and he sowed good seed in his field. And by night, the wicked one, his enemy, came and sowed tares among the wheat. And so that the tares, by the way, are, uh, look just like wheat until they're fully grown, and then you open the heads and there's nothing in them. But you cannot really tell them apart in that first, you know, phases of their growth and development. So this is a huge, treacherous uh, uh, plot Satan has created to abscond, to carry off the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to make it very unapparent, uh, very hard to find. But Jesus gave us one sign. He said in the end days, he says, in, he says, they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And that love means power. That means the power to love, the power to forgive, the power to do miracles, the power to receive people, uh, to, the power to forgive people, the power to uh, exist, survive in the midst of this very wicked, dark world. And, you know, it's only the power of God. It's only being on the God team, the right team, that's going to bring us through in this final end, you don't want to be on the lookalike counterfeit side. And at the last minute, realize you have just been set up to be, to be slid off the cliff. Um, There's, you know, there are many people today, today in the Valley of decision. um, And there are many who are not wanting to decide 
they're they're afraid of making a decision or making a wrong choice, and so they just kind of passively don't do anything. But when you eventually passively hold off and don't do anything, delay making a decision or taking a stand, you've actually made a decision. You've made a decision for, you know, to go with the flow, to you know whatever pulls you, pushes you, drives you down the road. You've just given up your freedom to choose. And to take a stand. And I believe all those who love God are going to have to take a stand because there is a day of, of um, in the valley of decision, there's a day of reckoning coming. And part of that day, that day of reckoning between God and Satan starts on earth. It doesn't start necessarily when we float up off the planet and, and stand before the, God, the, the, the throne of God. It starts that, that day of reckoning, that war between God and Satan is going to get real personal real quick. It's going to come down to households. It's going to come down to food and survival. It's going to come down to uh, taking the mark of the beast or losing your life. It's, for some, it's already come down to that. Some have already edged into that. They've got into the, the, the forefront of this battle, and they've already been beheaded for the Lord God. They've already lost their families. Their children have already cried out in terror. I'm not trying to paint a bleak picture, but I'm, ta- I'm saying only in God is their refuge. Only in the truth is their freedom and salvation. And your churches, for the most part, are not going to be there for you. They are going to fold up and be, you know, unable. They're going to wither and shrivel under the heat of this pressure. More, and most of the, the churches that are out there, the denominations and the things are, are part of this evil world system. And they don't know it. Satan is very extremely religious. He wants you to be religious. He wants you to be clever. He'll give you a cheap imitation. He'll give you an artificial flavor of the gospel. And you think that's the real flavor, but it's not. But the time is coming. It's crunch time is coming where there is going to be persecution of the truly righteous. And so you're going to need to choose. Are you going to continue in your lukewarm state or in your state of blindness or your state of lethargy, or are you going to, uh, you know, go with the kingdom of God? Because when the heat gets on, the real things come to the surface, right. the real things come out. So, so you, you'll see the, the world is going to be seeing the real true ones for Christ are going to be rising up mm-hmm. and, you're the remnant. Gonna, and the remnant and, and you'll see it as the persecution increases which we will have coming from every side uh, in increasing measure here in the United States. And God is going to pour out his spirit of, of courage and love upon his people, and they will be able to stand and not bow to the fear. But it is time for us to begin. It's time for us, as John the Baptist said, to repent, to cast off the counterfeit lookalike gospels that have been crafted in the bowels of hell and return to Jesus Christ. Um, most of us, you know, we're like, we're like the guy in Luke Chapter 18 that Jesus talked about, it says in verse 9, And he also spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. There's the two telltale signs of, a, of, of being in a bad place. They trusted in themselves. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, with himself, not necessarily with God. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes towards heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, here's the problem. The deception comes in our own eyes being blinded, being blinded by what you perceive as your own righteousness 
and the, the, you, you don't do as bad as sins as somebody else. You know, you're not an extortioner. You're not a, you're not a, um, uh, an adulterer. You're not a tax collector. And so you're comparing, you're judging yourself based on what other people are doing. And in that process have actually been deceived yourself into believing you are better than, and God says, who then Jesus says, and I tell you, this man, the one who bowed his head, went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be abased, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. One of the key uh, earmarks of the true gospel of Jesus Christ is, is one who's willing to humble themselves, admit their wrong, turn and repent, confess their sins, love one another, ask for forgiveness, and receive forgiveness. Well, what we what we've got going now in, in our world, and Second uh, Corinthians four four, for uh, Paul writes, for the God of this world has blinded the mm-hmm. blinded the Eyes. unbelievers' minds, yeah, that they should not discern the truth. And I think I, we can I think we can extend that to many people who claim to be believers as well. Mm-hmm preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, the Messiah, who is the image and likeness of God. So this is the role Satan has here of preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of, yeah. of Christ, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's like people, you know, you're going to have to go to the word of God yourself. Absolutely. You're going to have to go to the Gospels, you're going to have to go to Jesus and dig in there and look and see, and 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 dig this dig this out on your own. You're not you can't really count on necessarily going to find a place or a church that's going to give you the straight gospel of Christ, even though they might claim that. And here we have exactly again. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you know, they were discussing having a religious discussion about which mountain uh, was the sacred mountain and what was going to happen. And, and Jesus said to her, he said, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. In other words, it's not a particular place where it's sacred where you have to go there to worship. It's not, not, a, and it's not a program. It's not an activity. He says, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And of course, she was a Samaritan. So that was the, the particular uh, discussion at that moment. He says, but the hour is coming. And now is, in other words, that hour was coming and is now, right now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. It doesn't matter the location. It matters the spirit. What spirit are you worshiping him in? The spirit under the counsel uh, of the Holy Spirit and in the truth of what God says or in a new counterfeit uh, collaboration, mixture, hybrid of truth and error, the, the mixtures of law and grace that Satan has so freely set before us and, and bids us to eat. Sa- Satan has sprinkled uh, truth into his pot of lies, and we, we savor the little bits of truth and yet are poisoned on the, the toxins of his counterfeit truth. God says spirit and in truth. That means in your own home. That means if you cannot find a church right now, be faithful to God yourself. You know, take out the Bible, begin to have an experience, the best experience you'll ever have in your life of reading the word. And if you can't read it and it's all blocked up to you and messed up and you can't get into it and you get distracted and, and it, you seem like it's resisted, you're, you're being resisted in doing it, then rebuke that spirit who's trying to keep you from knowing and, and digging into uh, and obtaining and, and things from the word of God. That spirit of blocking, blanking, 
distractions, resistance, boredom, whatever it is, because it's, they're all liars that don't want you to enter into the fullness of this relationship, this fellowship with God. Um, so we worship God in spirit. And I say, I really say, and I know the Lord has, has had his full fill of these counterfeits. I believe that the lion is roaring and it, it's, it's, you're not going to be want to be on the wrong side when the lion roars and he's done with all of this uh, counterfeit gospel, all of this deception that and not only are we deceived, but we deceive others. We bring them into the same deception. Well, Paul uh, has some very harsh words for those who pervert the gospel. And uh, he starts out in Galatians 1, 3, Amplified Bible. Grace and spiritual blessing be to you and soul peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who gave or yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us in order to rescue and deliver us Mm -hmm. from this present wicked age and world order. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> New world order, huh? In accordance with the will and purpose and plan of God our Father, to Him be ascribed all the glory through the ages, through the ages of the ages and the eternity of the eternities. Amen. So be it. I am surprised and astonished. Now this is this is like in the first century of Christianity. Mm-hmm. They were already messing it up. I am surprised and astonished that you are so quickly turning renegade. And deserting him who invited and called you by the grace, unmerited favor of Christ the Messiah, and that you are transferring your allegiance to a different, even an opposition gospel. Mm. That not that there is or could be any other genuine gospel, but there are obviously uh, some who are troubling and disturbing and bewildering you with a different kind of teaching which they offer as a gospel. Christ the Messiah into something which is which it is absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to or different from that which we preach to you, let him be accursed, anathema, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. And as we said before, so I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel different from or contrary to that which you receive from us, let him be accursed, mm-hmm. anathema, devoted to destruction, doomed to eternal punishment. That's pretty that's, straightforward that's right there. That's pretty harsh and pretty uncomplicated. Um, so the thing is, you know, as we wrap this up, um, we have to realize that our righteousness comes not from being right, not from, you know, being stubborn and persisting in an error, but it comes from Jesus Christ. Our agenda as his true followers, is to do his will explicitly. We are servants and we are sons of the Most High God. We are forgiven. We are loved. We are entrusted with his Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. We're free and yet we're completely consumed by the will of God. We are loyal to him and and his truth because he is our life. He is our joy and he's, he's our freedom. You know, he will never leave us or forsake us. He will never leave us without hope or peace or truth. He has not forsaken us. And we can rest in that. You can rejoice in that. You can meditate on those things. It says meditate on whatever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and a good report. For the most of us, we've been meditating in the last several months on things that bring us to anxiety and fear and, and distress. And I, I must say this little piece in closing, that today, 
as this is Election Day in the United States of America, we are under the stress of having to choose a world leader, you know, and, and, that, and the, 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 the options have come out of a, a cauldron of corruption and clones and confusion and steeped in a murderous trail of lies, satanic rituals, and really too many strategic deaths to be considered co- co- coincidental. And the sorrow of these things have caught even the attention of our children. Our little children are also anxious and afraid and carry a heavy burden because in their little spirits, I believe they know that these are, we are in the valley of decision. And from this day, we go forward one way or the other. And so that, that sorrow has, has caught up in, in, you know, caught us up in this divisive splitting of the nation in the political system, which was all contrived to bring division to the United States of America. Um, but it weighs heavy on our souls. And we must remember that we are not of this kingdom. Thy kingdom come. We are the kingdom of God. Not to say we're not here to help and insist and encourage and pray and, and preach and bring truth to people. That's our job right now. Plenty of opportunity for all that. But we're here to know that whichever way this thing goes, we are still here to do the will of God. And that God has not left us. He's not forsaken us. And he's coming again. Yeah, Jesus said uh, his kingdom or this kingdom, kingdom of God, is not of this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, But here, here is the, the hope and the occupation that we are to have in these days. And, and this is something to just to keep in mind every day. Uh, Matthew 4, 23 and 24. And we'll go through uh, or first part of verse 25. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Mm-hmm and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went out throughout all Syria. Imagine, we hear everything mm-hmm. about Syria these days. Mm-hmm. May the fame of Jesus go throughout Syria in our day. <laughs> and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those who were possessed with devils or demon-controlled. And those who were lunatic and those who had the palsy, and he healed them. And then first part of verse 25, it says, And there followed him great multitudes of people. In Matthew 24, 14, in the Amplified Bible, it said, And this good news of the kingdom, the gospel, will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then will come the end. He has never left us without hope or peace or truth. He has never forsaken us. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. It is we who have must return to him as we have forsaken him. And not we can't come back to him through the, the paths of organized religion and religious exercises. He doesn't come to guilt us into surrendering to him. He doesn't come to make us afraid. If you came to the Lord out of fear of going to hell, that's not love. You need to come to the Lord out of just a gracious gratitude and and acceptance of his free gift, his gift of love and salvation. He doesn't threaten us or frighten us into following him. He continues to call to us, and he will be calling many, many in these days ahead to call out to us. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. 
I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you to the end. I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not bribed or persuaded to do evil, uh, nor does he give up on his love for us. He says, come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing. I will um, receive you. So we just thank the Lord for the true gospel of Jesus Christ. That doesn't change. That God is keeping his word. He's keeping his promises. His word is full of promises, good promises for the righteous. And, and promises, and, and some of those things, many times when God makes the promise, it is delayed. Obviously, the enemy tries to delay it to the point of despair. But do not give up on the promises of, of God's goodness to you, life and healing and, and restoration of your families and for your loved ones come, to come back to him. Do not give up. That is, that is not you. You don't want to give up. You can't give up. Let ask God to give you strength to continue to prevail in their lives and for them through prayer and through intercession and knowing that it's not your struggle and your strife problem or your battle, that these battles that we are in really are opportunities for the Lord God, for Lord, for Jesus Christ to show up in the midst of your family, in the midst of your soul, in the midst of your life, in the midst of your addiction to be God, to be God and to show you his love and that he is delivering you and ask the Lord, what is the lie? What's the lie? I believe that continues to hold me in bondage because lies bring us into bondage. And, and ask the Lord to give you the truth. And finally, when, when something comes into your mind or your emotions, remember the just do not live by their feelings. They live by faith. And you reduce things down. Where is this from? Does this reduce down to fear? Or does, does this reduce down to rest, love, truth, hope, and peace? You can live in peace. You can live in hope right now. It doesn't matter what they're doing out there. It doesn't matter what, what the outcome of the election really is. Because you know what? That is in God's hands. But you can still serve God with rejoicing and peace and power and authority and anointing, knowing that his kingdom is coming. It is here and it is coming in its fullness very soon. You can know that. You know that. And then you can stand and having done all, you can stand. And Lord, I pray for those that are listening right now that the good news of the kingdom will be preeminent in their minds and hearts. And you've called us to be ambassadors for Christ or to here represent Christ here on earth. And I pray that we will represent you well, Lord, and those that are listening will represent you well. And it's not by a bunch of self-effort. It's through your grace and through your power and through your spirit, through your love, through your truth, all those things that work in us and through us. And, Lord, I pray that we would not be dismayed by what's going on in our world or what's going on in our family or workplace or situation right now, that we will trust and rest knowing that you are caring for your own. You are the good shepherd. You've given your life for us, and you sustain us every day. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we ask you if you want to join with us and follow us, you can uh, log on to liferecovery.com or truelightchurchmn.org. We're going to be having a couple more workshops yet this, this year. Um, and so check out the calendar on liferecovery.com. And uh, we just bless you and uh, be encouraged in Jesus.